Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Wednesday the 23rd of June. Before we start, Charles, an apology and a promise. What? There was a lot of Barnaby Joyce in yesterday's episode. Yeah, we're definitely, we're not doing that again. We're not doing it today. There'll be no Barnaby, no Michael McCormack. Why did we mention Michael McCormack, even the Nationals? Oh, Don't want to talk about him. Man, I was bored listening to that podcast. <laughs> and normally you're very entertained by yourself. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dom, I've got some good news. Okay, good. Which is I am going to become incredibly rich. That's fantastic. Yes. Can I'll- you invest in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so my 12-year-old came downstairs last night and he announced that he wants to go into cryptocurrency trading. He's going to become a cryptocurrency trader. Wow. Yes. So, Did you tell him about the story about how dad had a couple of bitcoins that yeah. he mined in the early days and lost the hard drives? Yeah, yeah. That so, are now worth, no, what, 500 grand? No, he he knows that. No, yeah, I, I reckon I've got a 1,000 bitcoins sitting somewhere. What? Yeah, in my in my hard drives. Because back when I was mining it, this was real early days, it was like 40 cents per bitcoin. That's $7 million. Maybe <laughs> find them. <laughs> no, I looked. I really did. I looked everywhere for them. I've got like, like literally about 100 hard drives. We, we had a big project on right. when we're doing it. So um, we're using about 30 computers to mine it. A thousand bitcoins is yeah. $70 million. Actually. <laughs> I've lost it, Dom. I've lost it. I Some would say it. you never had it. Yeah. All right, but your son's going to sort it out anyway, and restore the first family fortune. Yeah. So his idea is he's going to invest $50 of pocket money right. on, the, on the market. And every time he makes like $20 out of that, he's going to put away $10 into his savings and then reinvest the other 10, which means that over time he'll have millions of dollars. Yeah, assuming that <laughs> cryptocurrency keeps going up and up exponentially. But this is still happening. I heard an interview on The Daily, the New York Times podcast the other day, with a guy who just put all of his life savings into Dogecoin mm. and it went massively, massively up and he was worth millions and millions and millions. Since then it's dipped massively and he's probably lost it all again. Mm. Have you told your son that, Cryptocurrencies can go down as well as up. I, I did say to him, you have to be prepared to lose all your money. Um, and he, he seemed fine with that. And then I realised, oh, wait a minute, all his money is all my money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just so. tell him if he finds the hard drives where the $70 million of Bitcoins are buried, he can have like yeah. 10 bucks. He can have 30 bucks, I reckon. So isn't that good news? So I'm probably going to be quitting the podcast at the end of the week (laughs) because I'll just be so incredibly rich. Yeah, the best thing to do is to buy the Lamborghini now. Yeah. And you've got to tell them there's going to be a crypto billionaire. He's got to keep saying, to the moon. Yeah, that's that's right. I don't know what that means. And stonks. 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 And hodl instead of hold. What have we got on the show today? Your son's going to be incredibly annoying in a week's time. Is it Barnaby Joyce? No. No, no, no Barnaby Joyce. No, no Michael McCormack. Yeah. If Michael McCormack rings up and offers to do a tell-all interview yeah. about all of his life <laughs> and all of his dirty secrets, no. Yeah. Shut up, Michael McCormack, in advance. But if Barnaby Joyce does that. <laughs> Actually, that's <then>. true. <laughs> I want to know whether oh, pregnant no. bodies. <laughs> no, no. We don't I'm want. located. Uh, coming up on the show, <sighs> we're talking about the Barrier Reef. Um, and Scott Morrison's completely innocent trip to Cornwall. Charles, a lot of people have been getting stuck into the PM. I'm going to defend him. Plus, we're talking to Sammy Shah, who's in a bit of a gloating mood about how Melbourne's going compared to Sydney. Oh, yeah, this is our friend who we got on the podcast like three times talking yeah. about how shit the Melbourne lockdown was. Yeah. Okay, revenge is going to be sweet for Sammy. 
But first of all, let's go to Rebecca Dana in the Chaser Newsroom. Barnaby Joyce has been officially sworn in as Acting Prime Minister today at a swearing-in ceremony at Government House, with most of the swearing being provided by Barnaby himself. The new acting head of government, who has previously gone on the record demanding less government in his life, has said he's cleared his desk to make sure he's got plenty of room for day-to-day affairs. The government has received praise for handing over crucial evidence in relation to an alleged rape that happened in Parliament House after they covered it up for two years. The decision is a major step forward for female staffers who can now rest easy knowing if they report sexual assault, it will only take two years of cover-ups, them losing their job, millions in taxpayer-funded empathy training, a media storm, six months of protests and an intervention by the Prime Minister's wife to get the government to consider doing something. One Nation leader Pauline Hanson has today successfully passed a motion in the Senate banning schools from discussing Australia's racist history. The move has, however, backfired, with schools now forced to remove any mention of Pauline Hanson from their curriculum. That's the latest news you can't trust for The Chaser Report. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Sydney's Lockdown. Coming soon, at this rate, anyway. Lockdown. Now, you may have seen yesterday that UNESCO has come out and slammed the Australian government for its management of the reef and put it on the in-danger list, which means that it may even lose its World Heritage listing. Well, it makes sense that if there's no longer a reef there, Mm. there's nothing to protect. But, Dom... UNESCO's got it all wrong. Oh, they've got it all wrong. They've got it all wrong. It's Because it's a backflip, Dom. It's a backflip. Oh, I hate backflips. See, UNESCO said that we needed to do more about climate change mm. in order to protect the reef, right? Yeah. And we're not doing it. But now they've decided that the reef is going to die as a result of our inaction. Right. Which means that it's a total backflip because if you think about it, I'm trying was, to think about it. it. It wasn't listed as in danger when we weren't doing anything about climate change before. Right. But, but now we haven't changed our inaction at all and now they've listed it in danger. So it's a backflip. And the Environment Minister, Susan Lee, agrees with me. It is a backflip on previous assurances. It is a deviation from normal process. See? So the Great Barrier Reef's rapid decline is deviating from the normal processes. Well, Charles, I think also we've got to call out the backflip by the coral. Um, yes. They've decided to stop living. They've decided to stop making a beautiful coral reef for us all to enjoy. This is the coral's fault, Charles. Well, all those little coral polyps, they should be ashamed of themselves. We literally haven't done anything about climate change mm. and now we're being called out for it, even though we weren't doing anything about climate change before and we weren't called out for it. Don't you see how illogical that is? It's so unfair. We should just be letting nature take its course and superheating everything and making it all die. Leaving aside Australia's approach to climate change, 
Australia has... The gold standard best managed reef in the world. And the UNESCO process is about states of conservation, about working with the international organisation and about appreciating the actions that individual countries are doing and we are doing so much with our Reef 2050 plan. So if you ignore the major cause of the reef's decline, Mm -hmm. then we are doing a fantastic job. As long as you ignore that part of the whole picture, then we've got a gold standard world-class plan. Yeah, I mean, when I think of gold, Charles, I think of things that are inanimate Mm. and just lying there dead, extracted from the ground. So I think that's that's true. Just like the reef. Yeah. So our house is on fire. Yeah. Right? Now, so we're still pouring gasoline onto that fire. That's fine. But you've got to ignore that part because over in our fire management team, we're doing a really good job. You know, ignore the fuel that we're pouring on it. The management of the house fire Mm. is actually world class. UNESCO have got it all around the wrong way, Dom. It's just all around the wrong way. And, look, anyway, this isn't about the reef. Oh, really? This is this is about the voters. Oh. And, and Susan Lee knows that. The point I want to make very strongly, particularly to our farmers, our fishers and our tourism operators along the reef, is that we're backing you. We know what you have done to work incredibly hard to demonstrate Australia's leading role in reef management. We're backing you, Dom. We're backing the voters who are up there. Sure, we're destroying their wreath through inaction on climate change, but we're, we're backing them. We're backing them to manage that decline really well. I really hope the tourism op- operators are grateful. Um, is, is it like going to be a graveyard visit? What are they going to be selling in a few years' time? Well, presumably they'll sell more postcards because mm. you won't be able to take photos yourself. Well, you'll be able to carve yeah. off bits of the reef that once existed and was alive yeah. and take it home with you as a souvenir. There's a whole range of options. But look, she did admit, uh, just for a brief sliver of a moment, that climate change was the problem. So, yes, climate change is affecting the reef. I will certainly acknowledge that. And it's the single biggest I mean, threat, no question. But this is not the forum in which to make a point about climate change. That forum is the United Nations Framework for the Convention on Climate Change, not the UNESCO World Heritage Framework. The Great Barrier Reef chose the wrong committee to bring up the complaints about it dying. It's the wrong committee, Dom. <laughs> They've got the wrong committee. Well, I really hope those coral are listening to Susan Lee because if they... <laughs> If their utter death and destruction in incredibly hot water had gone through the right committee, they'd be in a bit of shit right yeah, now. Yeah, they really would. This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Lockdown, Bondi style. Why not quarantine the hipster way and do it before everyone else starts thinking it's cool? Now, Charles, I'm glad you defended the federal government over its handling of the reef there because there's, mm. there are some more critics out there criticising Scott Morrison for an innocent trip to visit the grave of his ancestors mm. in Cornwall which happened to be where the G7 was being held. But I think the reason why they were criticising it is because nobody else is allowed to travel overseas and see their dead relatives, and yet Scott Morrison did exactly that and took out a personal time, which was exactly what he's prevented all 25 million Australians from doing. No, no, that's a mischaracterisation, Charles. Mm. I wouldn't characterise that like that at all. I would characterise it very differently as innocent. Well, (laughs) <laughs> Don't listen but to me. Well, Let's listen to Ben Fordham try and ask him a tough question and look how brilliantly Scott Morrison responds. 
Just on your trip, it is being reported that your office spent weeks planning a G7 side trip to explore your convict family roots while you were arguing that Britain was too risky for Australian travellers. I'm guessing there'll be some people saying that this is double standards. Oh, Ben, I think that's... Then I wouldn't describe it like that at all. I mean, we had to land in uh, north of London uh, as opposed to landing uh, down there in Cornwall because of the fog. And uh, we, we stopped off along the way. We had some lunch and, and, uh, and stopped off at another location on the way. And on, on, on after the G7, on the way to the airport, we stopped in another place, which just happens to be where my fifth great-grandfather was from. So I, I think it was pretty innocent. I think that's massively overstating it. Now, all those stops on the way, incidentally, were visits to separate pubs, beautiful old heritage pubs in the UK. That was also very innocent, Charles. He was just going to the pub. But, well, but look, you heard what the Prime Minister said. Yeah. There happened to be fog. And fortunately, his office had spent weeks preparing options uh, for sightseeing around Cornwall and visits to the graves of his ancestors just in, <laughs> in case, case there was fog. In case. Yeah. Yes. I mean, who could have predicted fog in, in England? I mean, <laughs> he, he had met with Karen Richards, according to the ABC, from the St. Kevin Local History Society, who'd spent a while helping him trace his family roots just in case there was fog. He wasn't going to go there anyway, right, Charles. So, so you're saying it's total bullshit. That answer is total bullshit. No, there was fog. What part <laughs> about the fog did you not hear? Um, he also just, visited his just... church and he wrote in the visitor's book, thanks to the, for the kind welcome to the place where my fifth great-grandfather happened to have been buried. I, I mean, I, what a happy coincidence. I want to be like Scott Morrison. His ability to just lie so convincingly. It's innocent, Charles. What's not innocent about fog? When, when you visit a place, like I know you're going on holidays next week, mm. I assume that you've arranged a contingency visit in the event of a tropical cyclone in Darwin mm. so that you can travel to some sort of grave of some place where some Firth once got pissed in a street in Darwin, well, I, I just now, in case. I now feel very ill-prepared given that the, I haven't done that. The point is, Charles, it's innocent. Right. The Chaser Report, now asbestos-free. Oh, prayer room? Oh, perfect. No one will find us in here. Oh, my God. Corey Bernardi. No, Bobby, it's not Corey Bernardi. It is I, God. God? Heard my cattle. Why are you in Parliament? Technically, I'm omnipotent, so I'm in every room. Even in my office after hours on Stripper Saturday? Especially then. Shit. How much will it cost to keep you quiet about that? Are you trying to bribe God for his silence? Aren't you Catholic? I thought that's how it works with them. Aren't you supposed to be babysitting? Where is Scott anyway? Uh, Scott's not actually in in the moment. I'm acting Prime Minister for the next few days. You're saying I don't have to talk to Scott for a week? Yeah. Oh, thank me. That fuck rips in here every five minutes. Dear God, please give me your wisdom. Do I just detain sick children or not? I mean, come on, Scott. Have you even read my book? Anyway. Buddy, my son, how long have I got you for? Just until Scott's out of quarantine. A couple of days. Hmm. Do you want me to smite him? I do it now, you know. Snap my fingers and he's a pillar of salt. But I thought you chose him to be PM. You have any fucking clue how many imbeciles claim to be my chosen ones? Speaking of which, uh, I really need to address this Israel issue. Ah, oh, the Middle East? No, for now. He's really ruining my brand. What's going on here? Shit, the strippers. Like, guys, now's not the time. Finally, what is this? Why are all these half-naked people in here? What is that? My dress is a gorilla. 
Oh, this is just a prayer group that I've organised. Oh, goody. Can I join? It's more of a private affair. Well, you're the boss. I'm off. If anyone needs me, I'll be providing miracles to those who really need me. Starving kids? No, no, Jeff Bezos. And he needs another million dollars. Doodles. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So as Sydney goes into COVID chaos, uh, Melbourne is emerging from it. Uh, Sammy Shah joins us from Melbourne. Sammy, can you give us a few reassuring words that uh, we'll all be fine? Um, I wish I could, Charles, but I just feel like I don't want to uh, lie to you. I don't want to give you promises that, you know, to quote Tom Cruise from uh, Top Gun, I don't want to write checks my body can't cash. And uh, I feel in this case, um, given that it is the quote-unquote Delta variant, I think the fact that Sydney isn't going into full lockdown, everyone isn't crying bitterly, um, just, you know, absolutely hating their lives, wishing that they'd moved to another state or city and questioning every life decision that led them here, Mm. proves to me that Sydney doesn't understand how to handle COVID. Right. You're supposed to ruin your life over this. You're not supposed to just put on a mask and roam around willy-nilly. That's Mm. ridiculous and entirely selfish. But... If it works, though, Sammy, isn't it a better approach? It's not, no, it's not about what works and what doesn't work. That's got nothing to do with it because <laughs> um, realistically speaking, if it worked, we would have had a vaccine by now. What it's about really is just what makes other people in Australia judge you more, what makes other people in Australia feel superior to you. Mm. Uh, it's something that Melbourne has selflessly given the rest of the country right. for over a year, year now. We've given you an opportunity to feel very briefly, like you are better than Melbourne, something mm. very few states or cities have ever had an opportunity to experience. Um, and uh, Sydney has now been given the same opportunity to show that selflessness, to share that that lack of pride with other states and cities. And instead, Sydney is just showing us how to do it right. No full <laughs> lockdown, just a few masks, and you're going to contain it. How the hell are we here in Melbourne? Forget us. How are people in Perth supposed to feel superior to Sydney if you take that away from them? Right. So... So we really should just be in a panic about how terrible you are. Sammy, I wanted you to come to this conversation condescending, but you're actually still self-deprecating. Like this is this is very weird. Well, I mean, because look, I, here's, I don't want to get dragged into that whole conversation of like, what's better, Melbourne or Sydney? But, but, Melbourne does ha ha ha, and Sydney does he he he, and in Melbourne we wear our pants backwards, and Sydney you put them on your heads. Mm. No one cares as long as Queensland exists. We've all got a mortal <laughs> common enemy. What we should be doing is taking everyone who has COVID, particularly the Delta variant, sending them to Queensland, and yes. then closing the borders so it kind of just world war z style just you know 
chaos and then eventually ethnic cleansing. I'm not sure Queensland is an ethnicity, but I feel like it is. That's what we should be doing. And I want nothing more than my Sydney brothers and sisters to join me in this crusade. Right, okay. So the ethnicity of Queenslander, that that would include what? Uh, Pauline Hanson, Clive Palmer... Matt Danovan. I mean, oh, Queensland's yeah. been given many opportunities to show that they can be trusted with modern civilization, mm. democracy, um, just the tenets of uh, liberalism. And they have time and time again told us that they are savages who need to be put down. And I, for one, feel that it's we've had enough. It's time that Sydney and Melbourne banded together, invaded Brisbane took over and uh, started afresh. Okay, well, perhaps as first part of that plan to band together, maybe we should send you some of our Delta variant that we've got up here, just so that you you know what it's like to... to Here's the thing. With Melbourne, you don't even need to put an effort into it. You know eventually it'll get here regardless. Some idiot will decide that they want to play a game of craps at the Crown Casino in Melbourne and they'll come across here. Or they just want to know what it feels like to have ramen at 3 o'clock in the morning and move here. And then we'll all go back into lockdown and everything. Don't worry about us. Sydney, that's the thing I like about Sydney, is it's so selfless in how it's willing to share its COVID with the rest of the states. But um, somehow that never really goes where it should go. ends up in other inadvertent areas. Oh, well, that, that's great. Thank you for those those kind and uh, and sort of inspiring uh, plan. I really feel like this is your chance, Sydney. This is your chance to step up, to show the rest of Australia that you care as well about our future, about our well-being mm. by somehow exporting this to Queensland and letting their just devastation run free in that godforsaken state. Okay, cool. Thanks very much, Sammy. Speak again next week. All right, absolutely. See ya. Cheers. This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Melbourne's Lockdown. After a virally successful run, now coming soon to Sydney. Just before we go, Charles, have you ever done the clamping koala? I don't even know what that is. Well, what you need to do is read the sex guide produced by Norway's public broadcaster, which has pictures of 60 separate sexual positions, one of which is called the clamping koala. You kind of a side-by-side and your legs kind of intertwine. It's very complicated. The point is, why is the ABC not producing sex guides for Australians? The point is, Dom, why do you know this? What what did you Google? The great (laughs) thing is, it's on the Guardian homepage because it's about a public broadcaster, so I thought, oh, our audience will like this. (laughs) But there's no koalas involved because I imagine... That would be illegal. Koalas have these claws... Does it involve, like, long fingernails? Well, also they have syphilis, don't they? So you'd be, yeah. if you clamp a koala too tightly, you'll just get syphilis from it. Okay. Can I just have that uh, computer? Okay, I've, I've got to go now. Um, <laughs> Can this, you wipe my looks, computer when you're done? <laughs> this guy looks very intriguing. You can find more news at chaser.com.au. Follow us on all the socials. Please leave us a five-star review with the code phrase, clamping koala. Oh, and Google it at your own peril. We'll catch you tomorrow. Our gear is from Rode Microphones, and we are part of the Acast Creator Network. Also, don't forget we're coming to the Melbourne Podcast Festival uh, the Sunday the 1st of August. Yes, uh, and buy tickets now. I have no idea how you buy tickets. Just put Melbourne Podcast Festival. We'll be more organised for this plug later, but it's happening, so come along. Yep, see ya. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.